Have you ever wanted to discover what's missing in your life? Metaphysics is available to all and is part of your life even if you don't know it. Welcome to Metaphysics, a view through the veil with Barb Crowley. Together we'll explore the mysteries behind metaphysics and how to use it to have a deeper understanding and advantage in life. And now here's your host, Barb Crowley. Hi, this is Barb Crowley and welcome to Metaphysics, a view through the veil. Today we're talking to Sterling Moon. And Sterling Moon has been studying Tarot since 1995, but her gifts fully came in with the birth of her son. And I want to ask about that. That to me is a curious thing. She has just written a book, Talking to Spirits, A Modern Medium's Practical Advice for Spirit Communication, which has just recently been published and is out there now. She also has been trained in trolldom. Uh, which is a magic of Norway, Sweden, and Denmark. And I'm curious about that, too. Quite a bit about Sterling. I'm curious. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Sterling. And let's start with, um, you know, why did your gifts come in with the birth of your son? What happened there that opened you up like that? Well, first of all, thank you for having me, Barb. It's just wonderful to be here with you. And, you know, I'm not totally sure, but here are my, th my theories is okay. I, I have, I'm going to start by, by doing one little bit of explanation that I also teach others how to develop their own mediumship skills. And I remember the first group of students that I had, this was back in, this was a couple of years ago and we were starting the very first class. And I was telling them this story about how for me, my, my gifts had always been there, but they really dialed up after I had my son at age 36 and mm -hmm. I was had I had a group of about 10 students and they were all women. And they all said there were about eight of them who said the same thing happened to me. And some people had experienced pregnancy loss. Some of them had had children. And it was a it was surprising that that happens to so many of us. I know that that's also mm -hmm. been true for um, some of the women in my family. And one of my theories is that, I mean, it could be that there is something that happens with maybe like brain chemistry, hormones, things like that. And, you know, if you think about it, bringing a soul from, from one realm into another, I do kind of wonder if like there is almost like a little portal that opens. And for some of us, if we're already sensitive to begin with, there's something about that experience that just dials everything up. That's my best guess, at least. Yeah, that's fascinating. You know, nobody has ever talked about that to me anyway before. So that is fascinating. I wonder if the, that portal opens up, as you said, for the soul. And are you talking to that soul as they're being born or be, right before birth? In other words, it's like, okay, I'm coming. You know, hear me. <laughs> hear me. Well, I do that remember. Kind of thing. I had a dream about my son prior to having him, you know, and I, mm -hmm. I know that for a lot of, a lot of us, um, pregnancy loss is something many of us experienced. And that was right. something that I had experienced prior to getting pregnant with my son. And I remember a few, gosh, it was maybe a few weeks or maybe like a month or so after that experience, I remember having this really profound dream of being, um, being in this space where I was with this little blonde boy and he was serious, but also funny. And there was this sense, I just remember like staying in this like waiting place with him. And I got the sense that he wasn't allowed to come out with, you know, he wasn't allowed to come out yet. And there were a few other like really key details to that dream. And I woke up 
And I just remember feeling this like sense of longing, like I want this person to be here with me. And yeah. then I had this, this moment of like, I feel like I just met my kid. And then I had the benefit of getting, you know, pregnant with him, um, probably like three or four months after that. And that dream, cause you know how sometimes dreams will come and they feel meaningful, but then they dissipate. That one has always stayed with me. And I'm I'm convinced that I got to meet him in that moment. And that was my like rock solid sign that even though I'd had a loss, he was still on his way for me. It just wasn't his time. Right, right. And so this dream was before your pregnancy. Yeah, it was. It was yeah. after the first pregnancy loss. And then before I finally got pregnant with him. That was a nice hello. <laughs> yeah. oh, it was, was, it was nice beautiful. Hello. It was beautiful and a wonderful hello. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How old is he now? He is going to be seven next week. Wow. Your that? baby. <laughs> <laughs> Always will be my baby. He's yeah, my baby. yeah. But he heightened, he heightened your abilities, your gifts. Mm-hmm. When I say he, I mean childbirth. Yeah. Heightened. Yeah. Um, that is interesting. I'd love to know the, um, I'd love to know the anatomy and the, you know, as well as the spiritual anatomy behind that. And sometimes We'll have to look into that. But um, anyway, so so you also talked about in the notes that you sent me trolldom. And yeah. I had never heard of that. I didn't know what that was. You want to explain that? I'd love to, because I'd never heard of it either until, so I have a... How'd you um, find it then? (laughs) Well, so I had been, I'd had the gift of being a house tarot reader and eventually a medium for this lovely metaphysical shop in the Denver area called Ritual Craft. And the owner named Miss, uh, her name is Missy Rising. She started sharing about this uh, mentor that she was working with in Sweden, and she was having uh, lessons with him via Zoom. And she started talking a lot about trolldom. It, w- it was trolldom. It was a Swedish Scandinavian folk magic is the easiest way to describe it. And she was talking a lot about the way that this folk magic tradition approached spirits of the dead and spirits of the natural world. And at this point, yeah, I'd already had my kiddo. My gifts are coming in strong. I'm trying to figure out what to do with them. And really, you know, I was trying to teach myself and reading books and going out and practicing and um, exploring haunted locations. Sometimes it went well, sometimes it didn't go well. And so I asked her, I said, would you be willing to tell me more about what it is that you're, you're learning? And she said, I'll do you one better. He's taking, he's taking one new apprentice. And I had the opportunity to study with this man named Johannes or Johannes, Bjorn Gardbach. He wrote a book called Trollum, and it's all about mm-hmm. like that tradition. And even it's in some ways it defies, um, he always likes to talk about how labels will inevitably bite you in the butt because yeah. <laughs> there's so yeah. many things that describe, you know, or that defy explanation and labels. But um, I was really drawn to it just as like a, you know, folk magic is so amazing. And just it's the it's, you know, the making the mundane world around us magical. And the way that it that tradition approaches spirits is that they are just they're part of the natural world. And they're all around us. And it's nothing to get excited about. And there's ways to deal with these things, you know, strongly and pragmatically. And that really spoke to me. And it's definitely inspired and influenced how I practice spirit communication. Hmm. Is it different? Uh, this is this is not a fair question. Yeah. <laughs> is it different from like let's say Appalachian magic or it folk is, magic here? 
And I say it's not a fair question because you haven't studied that. So, you you know. Well, it's, it's one of those things where it's different simply because the culture is different. But, you know, for all of us, if we trace our lineages back, I mean, I mean, I'm as you know, mixed as, as anybody. Um, but you know, my, I, my dad's side of the family is, you know, they're Romanian and so Romanian Mm -hmm. and Scottish. And so both of those regions have their own folk magic traditions, or my mom is, you know, very like, um, there's a lot of Italian influence there. There's those Italian folk magic influences. Appalachian folk magic is influenced by so many different cultures. And it's it's a lot of the Celtic, they have quite a bit of the Celtic. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so it's funny because when you look at all of these, there are a lot of similarities, but mm-hmm. also really beautiful differences. And it all boils down to the culture. And so, um, right. so yeah, it's, there's where would Trolldom be different than, than would the other cultures? Yeah. So, you know, again, I can't compare it to Appalachian folk magic and I'm, you know, and I'm a guest at the table with Trolldom because I'm, you know, I'm not, of, I'm not in that culture. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say that some of the um, the old myths, you know, like there's the Norse sagas that are going to be something that, you know, are going to be influenced or like the runic alphabet is something that's going to be a part of just that culture. Um, and then some of the, you know, some of the herbs, the materia magica that get that get used, the, the form uh, formulas or that's another word for like the recipes or the spells, there's going to be unique um, aspects that again, they go root, they're rooted back in the culture. And, Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm, you know, I'm always kind of, I try to like approach that delicately again, because I'm a guest at the table, but there's also, um, Oh gosh, there's so many things that I could say about this, but really, so those are some of the differences and also some of the similarities will be in Oh, gosh, you know, the ways that, you know, floor washes are used in so many magical traditions or like, you know, the egg is always a great example. Egg egg clearings are used in, I mean, everything from Baltic, you know, Balkan traditions to Italian. So that is similarity. Yeah. Yeah. So there's some of those beautiful similarities for sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So some of the herbs or the recipes or the the references are Mm -hmm. different to their region. But yeah. other than that, it sounds pretty close. There are there you are know, very the, there's a lot of similarities for sure. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Um, now let's talk. Now we'll talk about you and your book. Yeah. <laughs> um, because you know when I saw it, trolled him, I, I had never heard about it. <laughs> um, but um, so you you wrote about being a medium but mm-hmm. um the other thing you talk about is the haunted places yes so I, basically i kind of want to bring you back your your end result is is your book on the uh, medium's practical advice but let's start earlier yeah. <laughs> and how you got to that and the haunted places you were in and you know yeah. Well, my first haunted place that I remember was my grandparents had a home in Morrison, Colorado. So for folks who are outside of Denver, that's where Red Rocks Amphitheater is going to be how you kind of kind of put that. Oh, I would know. Yeah. Yeah. And so it was a new house that they had built. But again, you know, that area has history from that goes back as far as Mm -hmm. we can possibly imagine. But I remember being in my grandparents' house and it was the middle of the day and I heard a man cough. 
and my granddaddy was at work and it wouldn't have sounded like him anyway. No other man was in that house. And I mean, the, the houses were quite far apart. And so I went hightailing it upstairs. I was probably four or five. And so that was my very first experience. Um, gosh, I remember seeing fairies when I was at Girl Scout camp at Camp Elliott Barker in Angel Fire, New Mexico, and, you know, watching them as I was laying in my bed in my tent the last night of camp. But so those those were just some of the very earliest experiences, but I've lived in a lot of haunted houses. Um, I've lived in a lot of haunted houses and my family's always been really haunt, ex, uh, fascinated by haunted. <laughs> so we've explored a lot of haunted places and uh, it's just been kind of, I don't like the term ghost hunting. And yet that's definitely what we've done since, I mean, for as long as I can remember. Did you have interaction with the ghost other than you heard him and you knew he was he? Was there? Oh yeah. Hey. Oh. oh, you mean the one in my grandparents' house? Yeah, yeah. That was the only time. It was just a cough, and that's all I heard. That I remember it. feeling yeah. unsettled downstairs, but it also was like a you know big house, and it was a little dark down there. So mm -hmm. I never had. But it was just more of a feeling that sometimes I'd get a little bit like kind of feel like someone was in the room with me. But that was the only other time I heard anything. Right, but no communication. No, not not in that situation. When did you start to communicate? You started before your your son, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, yeah. So let's see. Gosh, there's so many little like one-off examples. Um, but I will tell you that probably the most profound and long-lasting and also one of the most unpleasant was when my family or my my husband who he was there then my boyfriend we had moved uh from Duluth Minnesota where I had been go we'd both gone to pursue some educational goals there and came moved to Denver and we were living in a townhouse in the Baker neighborhood so central Denver we were right by this uh, area called Daly Park and we were in this like three-story townhouse, probably built in the 70s or 80s, did not look like it should be haunted, but it was one of the scariest places I have ever lived. And my husband and so my husband and I were both having these really creepy experiences separately from one another because he was pretty skeptical at the time. And I didn't want him to think I was like crazy or <laughs> even worse yeah. and yeah. so but I mean we were both um at a certain point we ended up swapping stories because it had gotten so bad but I would wake up in the middle of the night and see these flashing lights um and there would be cold 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 in front of my face and just that feeling that someone that hates you is just watching you oh god what um, a terrible I ended up, feeling Oh, it was awful. And then there were these all, all these violent dreams. And so that was in the upstairs. And then in the basement, we had a lot of things that would get thrown off of shelves. We'd have like these unexplained noises, broken pipes, bug infestations. Um, it was it was wild. And I remember finally telling my husband about the flashing lights and the cold and the dreams. And he said, wait a minute, you, you're seeing those too? And I mean, we tried blacking out the windows, doing everything mundane um, to try to rule everything that we could out. He was also waking up though too, um, and he knows that I, sh I share this story. He also woke up to somebody whispering in his ear. And wow. it, it was not good at all. And back then, mm -hmm. you know, it was just, I worked with somebody from Goddess Isis Books, you know, in, uh, mm -hmm. in Englewood, another metaphysical shop right. here. She came to my house and and you know helped me. She she was a medium and gave me some suggestions on what might be in the house. 
it helped a little bit, but that was before, I mean, well before years before the birth of my son and before I was practicing this stuff with any intention and confidence, frankly. And that was, uh, so that was the first time I had to stay, you know, you leave me alone. And that that's probably the first time that I really interacted, um, with any frequency. And that was just out of she, she didn't, the person you brought in didn't clean them out. She just kind of well, read them, see, let you know who they were. And that's, a, so clearing things out is an interesting topic. Cause I, I meet a lot of people who say they can clear things out, but the reality is, is that it's a lot in my experience, it's a lot harder to do than just, you know, waving some burning herbs around and some crystals and sprinkling some water in the corners, you know, because in our case, we had a spirit that came and went. And so when she came, that spirit wasn't there. And then we also had, um, it was her assessment. And I think that she was correct, even though it really pushed the boundaries of what I believed at the time. She also thought that we had um, something like an earth bounce, like an earth uh, elemental, like a trapped elemental spirit that was in our basement. Mm-hmm. Clear, there's is not not necessarily a way to really clear those out because they're of the earth. That's just my opinion and my experience. So she did not. Um, she was willing to try if if the spirit had been in the home, but he hightailed it out of there. And I think he might maybe right. have known we were that she was coming. So <laughs> yeah. yeah. So what happened though in that house? What we what happened? We we, oh, <laughs> we were able to buy, we gave we up able, and we're out, huh? We were able to buy a house down the street. And, you know, I have to tell you that that very first night we were in our home, we woke up to the flashing lights and cold. It had only happened the one time and then it never happened again. But by that point, I was studying with a magical teacher named Danielle Battagione. And um, I was learning about things like warding my home and home protection. And so I was starting to become better positioned to make sure that things didn't get to come and go like they mm-hmm. <laughs> did at that last place. But yeah, in that in that instance, we just left. That was the solution. <laughs> you win, you win. Yeah, you win. <laughs> Have the place. It's all yeah. yours. <laughs> yeah, we left it clean. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So now tell me about um, what you did learn about. You called it home wording. Home wording. Yeah. Yeah. So is it W-A-R-D or W-O-R-D? W-A-R-D. Okay, thanks. I'm thinking it's W-O-R-D. Okay. Yeah. So there's different ways that you can go about it, but it's basically like any kind of energetic and magical home protection, right? And so um, I'm a big believer in spiritual hygiene of the home. You keep your house you know, physically clean and spiritually clean. But then there's all kinds of, um, and I talk about this in the book a little bit, but all the different fun ways that you can like lay protections for your home. And some of it might involve working with spirits that the land that your home is is on if they're, you know, because there are spirits everywhere. Um, but also there are some like old traditions. Um, so this is a, a trolldom one that I had learned, like scorching flax seeds in a pan. And the the focus, the directive to these flax seeds is, you know, that they provide a, a barrier. No spirits are allowed to cross that barrier unless they cause those flax seeds to sprout, which is never going to happen. There's old, there's old tales um, in a lot yeah, of different wow. got like with uh, salt, you know, like no, no, yeah. No spirit can cross unless they've counted all the grains of salt, you know, surrounding your home. I've there's never heard trouble. any of these things. Yeah. Oh, fun. I've yeah, never. there's a lot of like these fun <laughs> things that you can do. Um, yeah. And some of them are, you know, 
yeah, anyway, there's so many things that you could do. Which bottles? Were there bottles filled with? Like, I, which bottles I've heard about. I had somebody yeah. on and talked about which bottles. Yes, yeah. and you can and, those. There's all yeah. kinds of there's all kinds of things that you can do. But I do think a big part of it is making sure that your your house stays entered, like war, warding it. So there's some per- basic protections, but then also making sure that you like take care of the spiritual hygiene of your home. And so anything negative and funky gets pushed out and you only bring in like the sweetness and the goodness that you want to be there. And you, how do you do that by doing the scorching the flax seeds or the salt? How do you, how do you ward your home? Well, those are, well, so, so some of those are going to be things that I wouldn't want to just like, it's more than this conversation could probably hold. And there would be some teaching that would be around that. Right. Um, But I will say, and just kind of going into the haunted spaces where, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of, a lot of folks who um, live in haunted spaces or have to be in haunted spaces a lot. One of the best things that you can do is, you know, raise the, the energy in that home. And so one the first step of like home protection in a spiritual sense is going to be start by like clearing that energy out. Right. So some of the things you can do are, you know, floor. So sweeping. A lot of cultures talk about the magic of sweeping, pushing out that old funky energy out the front door, cleaning with your windows open, maybe starting with some floor washes. So camphor is a really, really great tool that it pushes out funky spirits. and uh, As well as some guests. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, I have a friend who likes to say it's like spiritual bleach. And, you know, there's a lot of different ways you cleanse the energy of the home and then you raise it up. And some of your home warding is, you know, just as simple as imagining, like, because again, in magic, we use a lot of our, it's our mental energies and like focusing the directing our, our energy, um, you know, just imagining that, that force field that is around your home and then adding reinforcements. So for some people, those reinforcements might be stakes. Maybe you have a stake that's been anointed with a protection conjurer condition oil, and you go and you nail those stakes into the four corners of your home. In some traditions, there's a red red brick dust. You have a line of red brick dust that's going to be underneath your front mat, your front mat and your back mat, and maybe the window sills. And, um, you know, again, it's just those uh, working the your um, locks with your own spit. Um, or, you know, having spit sigils with, you know, personal concerns. So some, you know, you got to be a little comfortable with bodily fluids sometimes <laughs> with magical <laughs> traditions. Yeah, but those are just right. a few examples. But and there's a lot of different ways that you can go depending on the results that you want. And, and how does it take care of the land underneath your home as well? So that helps on your home, mm-hmm. the, the physical building, right? Mm-hmm. The physical building, and you can also, you know, because I feel like if you care about the the property that you're, you know, the land that your home is on, the other thing you can also get to do is, you know, get to know the trees in your yard, get to take care of the little critters that are there. Do the trees have a spirit that seems to exist there? What are maybe ways that you can bring offerings to those spirits? Water or little treats for the birds and ask them, will you help me? And that sounds little looney tunes to folks that aren't in this world, but mm-hmm. you know, the, the natural world and the spirits in the natural world, when we treat them with respect, um, oftentimes they are, you know, we're, we're allies because we all want the same thing. We want all this area to be taken care of and uh, be good stewards. And so that's another way you can think of home protection is building allyships with spirits of the natural world in your area. 
I'm I'm torn right now in in asking my next question or bringing you backwards <laughs> to how your how you, how your li- life evolved into the mediumship. But I'm going to ask the next question first. Yeah. <laughs> how yeah. can you, when you're cleaning out or you're you're doing this to uh, to cleanse your house, mm-hmm. there are some spirits you want to keep and some spirits you want to go. So how do you differentiate? Oh, so here's. There's a, there's a, I keep this, the recipe pretty close to my heart, but so one of my, one of my favorites is, um, and you are correct with things like camphor, for example, I will use that. I try to keep that pretty localized to the area that feels funky. So like, you know, I have, I've got my, we have our family, our ancestor altar, that that's like a very special place. I'm not going to be burning camphor around my ancestor, you know, altar. And at the same time, I can also go and talk with them like, Hey, y'all, this, this might irritate you, but this is not meant for you. And there's ways you can use your words to direct that. This is, I am asking, I'm clearing out the funky energy, the the little wandering spirit that seems to have slipped through my home protections. So sometimes it's just being really specific and also talking with your your spirits that you want to keep. Um, mm-hmm. And also, the so there's one recipe in particular that I love. Um, there are different incenses and things that you can use where they will, you know, clear out spirits with a negative influence, but also feed spirits with a positive influence. I will say there's more to it than this, but the ingredients for this one are um, frankincense and, and tobacco. Um, that's okay. one that I learned from my mentor, <laughs> but that, that's one where, you know, you can, and also too, there are another way to look at it is like frankincense smoke on its own because it has such a powerfully high vibration. Mm-hmm. That's another way to think of like home clearing where you just raise the vibration so much that nothing funky can stay. Like it just pushes anything that can't match that out the window. Um, and that's, uh, you know, family, you know, well-fed ancestors are usually going to, they're going to want to stick around and they'll enjoy, they'll enjoy that. Right. <laughs> so they're matching question. your, and your vibration more. So when you're mm-hmm. pushing out, you're kind of pushing out other vibration and that's- then, yeah, yeah, your spirits are matching your vibration. That's kind of is yeah, that true, or I just want to think that. <laughs> no, I think that's it, every situation is going to be a little different, and a lot of situations will call for that. Like, let's just raise the vibe. Just raise the vibe. Now, every once in a while, you'll have something funky that you really need to get kind of aggressive with. Most of the right. time, though, it's that's not yeah. what you need, especially if you're doing this regularly. Okay, you know what? I want to take a break now, and then when we come back. Not only do I want to talk, ask about that vibe, you know, but yeah. uh, I also want to talk about how you came into mediumship and, yeah. and you know, um, the haunted places and, and some of the oddities and all. Yeah. So we'll be right back. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. One thing's for certain. Life is uncertain. Do you navigate the unknowns? Visit aviewthroughtheveil.com to sign up for psychic readings and classes with Barb Crowley. You can schedule one-to-one sessions with Barb for personal and relationship counseling, pet communication, mediumship, career and business direction, or sign up for one of her classes. Everyone has answers through the metaphysical plane, but they need help to access them. 
Get the help you need today. Visit aviewthroughtheveil.com. Enjoying our shows and can't get enough of us? Follow us on Instagram at Voice America Talk Radio and see what we're cooking up for you. You are listening to Metaphysics, A View Through the Veil with Barb Crowley. To reach the live show, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to aviewthroughtheveil at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Okay, and we're back with Sterling Moon. We have been talking to her about her new book, Communicating with Spirits, but also about haunted places and and clearing out and her her you know um experience with um keeping her home clean her home spiritually clean yeah. <laughs> i didn't ask her about cleaning it um, well it's i do have a seven-year-old as i said so yeah yeah <laughs> right in a way it's easier to spiritually clean it <laughs> amen amen to that <laughs> right but how did you become a medium? You know, why not a psychic and, and just speak into the spirits or the, you know, channeling the spirit or one mm-hmm. of those? You're actually speaking to p- spirits who have passed on, who have died. That is a lot of what I do. And so a lot of it came into, you know, I was a tarot reader and I started to realize, because there's a lot of different ways to read the tarot, right? And so there's, you know, some Mm -hmm. people kind of focus on that self-reflection. And and I really started to realize that when I was sitting down with clients, it often felt like they weren't just like, these weren't just messages kind of coming from them. It was like all, sometimes they'd feel like there were other folks like hanging over me or and like sometimes the spirits felt more like guides sometimes it felt more like the highest self of my clients sometimes it felt like a grandma or a a parent who had passed on that's like you tell them this and so I ended up um that was one of my cues to start pursuing my education in this area and so that's how I found some of the teachers that I've already mentioned but I had no intention of doing mediumship like with clients and trying to help them connect with um, loved ones who had passed or ancestors or, oh my gosh, we have so many different varieties of things, folks I get to talk to. Um, But I had a couple of clients. One, she's one of my dearest clients who's gone on to become one of my students. But the very first tarot reading I had with her, she asked me, you know, I have this friend who was a, was a psychic medium. And do you, would you be, she's passed away. Would you be willing to try to reach her? And I was like, well, I I guess I could try. And it went really well. And, um, and then I, uh, probably like a few months later, one of my favorite, favorite clients came in and she just said, listen, I know that this isn't something that you do, but I really, we've got this family situation on and I really need you to try to talk to my grandma. And I was like, okay. And that once that we ended up talking with both her mother who had passed and her grandmother who had passed and it went well. And both of them left saying, you know, you should probably start doing this. And I'm like, I I guess I could. So um, I take no credit for it. It was two of my wonderful clients who gave me the push and gave me the idea. And then like everything, you know, I just started practicing. And then at a certain point I started, you know, I made it a a service and, you know, just started building (laughs) it up. And they're like many, I kind of like to say that um, my, I call them spirit contact sessions. They're like 
intimate seances where it's usually me and one other living person, one or two other living individuals. And I can sometimes, sometimes people will come in and say, I just want you to reach out to whoever's around me because I know there's someone here. I can do that. It's a little trickier um, just because mm -hmm. it's, it can be kind of hard to like find a focus. I do best when someone comes in and says, I want to reach this particular spirit. And, you know, and it's nice when they have a physical item that belonged to the person, or at least a, um, you know, we, we call to them, we call them in and we just have a conversation. And I'm kind of in that facilitator role where I just do my best to translate Sometimes the messages, you know, it's not like picking up the phone or sitting and having a Zoom like we are having yeah. now. Sometimes I get the message, especially if like there's a language barrier or, you know, that person wouldn't have spoken English in, in when they were alive. Um, sometimes I have to communicate through pictures or smells or physical sensations, um, but also, you know, pictures and, and words that I hear as well. Mm -hmm. But that's kind of. And you like, use something of theirs. Or you don't have to. Sometimes I don't have do. to. It's nice yeah. sometimes. Mm -hmm. I do enjoy trying to get a sense of what the person, because sometimes spirits don't always want to present the way that they looked in life. Like if somebody passed away and they were very ill and they were yeah. like you know, quite elderly or, you know, to say, that's, you know, they that's what I say to people. An 85 year old person is not coming back looking 85. No, <laughs> they, pick a, they pick a, a, an hour, you know, a look that they like. But how do you know, though, that it's mm -hmm. them? Since he so can't go on the looks. Yeah. Well, so sometimes I, so I will describe what I see and I will say it's very, very frequent that um, even when I, I talk to a lot of grandparents who passed away and they will come in looking like their finest when they were in their, like anywhere from their teens through their forties. And right. so I will describe what I see and it is very common for folks to be like, oh my gosh, that's what my grandpa looked like when he was like, you know, in college or, um, mm -hmm. and so sometimes there is that, but you know, even though I don't use the term evidential medium, that is still the approach that I use, where I do try to get information that I couldn't know. I used to ask people ahead of time, um, who is it that we're going to be reaching out to? Because I wanted people to think about that. But then I took that off of my um, my booking form because I didn't even want that information. I, I want to not be front loaded at all before I sit down with someone. Um, I, most of the time when I'm doing this work, my, for your listeners, I'm closing my eyes and have kind of my hand to my, my forehead. My eyes are closed through most of this because again, I, I could, you can be swayed so easily by body language and, and things like that. And so I do my best to try to be conscious of that, but I do try to, I try to get information that gives a little bit of verification for my clients um to the best of my ability you know it's 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 hard right. it's, there's not exactly a there's not a universal manual to all of this it's it's See, tricky. now i work as a medium as well yeah, and so what you know. i do because yeah i won't go by looks at all because they yeah. you know sometimes they even pick a look from another lifetime because yes. i like oh it better <laughs> yes. i know yes. you know I, I know it's like geez but i imitate i try to imitate <laughs> you yes. know or, or come up and and i tell that spirit your job is to give me something that they will know 
that's your job. You know? well, and it's funny. Okay. That's so helpful knowing that this is what you do too, but it's almost like they have to kind of r- rustle through our mental Rolodex. Cause it's like, they I have to give, it. they're working with our frame of reference. There was one, I put this story in the book where there was a young woman who she wanted to speak with her dad. And I kept getting this image of a old music teacher of mine. And she, and I'm like describing him and she's like, nope, that's not him. But it was the, this, her dad was like super stoked about being a a girl dad, you know, that he had three daughters. He was so excited that. And my music, (laughs) like her her dad and my music teacher had very similar personalities. And I feel like that was like the mental, that was the thing. It was the mental Rolodex. Yeah. Yeah. And so I know. Yes. I, we are on the same (laughs) It does get odd too. You know, it does get odd odd where, you know, I have to contort myself sometimes to take the shape of the person and how they'd sit or how that, and, but I always want to make sure uh, we have the right spirit because there's so many low level spirits flying around, you know, I, I, and, and if we don't get them, we're done. I'm not bringing in anybody else with, you know, we're done, yes. but it, I almost always get them. They they want to be read. They want the communication. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Oh, I feel yeah on all of that. Right now, in working with the ancestors, and this is something I I do, but I've honestly just started to do it in the last mm-hmm. year or so, is working up the line of the ancestors and going through the different. Um, now you know um, we're all moving our hands and everything else. Yeah, <laughs> on audio. Sorry, everybody. Yeah, sorry, everyone. <laughs> but going up through the ancestors of generations, sometimes yeah. to see some of where their habits are coming from, to see if I can break them up the line. Let's yeah. say, you know, fear of, you know, or whatever, you know, that they they may be a habit or, a, you know, something they've brought on. That is really up the line with their ancestors. And I started to do this long after doing mediumship work. But do you do something like that and try to to go up the line through the generations to break that habit or that fear or that some people believe, you know, a curse or whatever? You know, have you done something like that? In a different way, I love the way that you're describing that. That seems like a really, really cool approach. So it's a little bit different. So and so for me, it's a bit more about like, again, getting to know your ancestors and having that altar, that working space where you go and you talk to them about like your values and also to yeah. just the flat out like learning, like trace your family line back if you can, not everyone can. Um, mm-hmm. And starting to kind of just have those reckonings for the things that maybe didn't go well and that are not within your value system and that maybe need some healing. A lot of the, um, when it comes to like client work in particular, it's a little bit more, people will come in saying, I want to know about this family line. And so it's more about kind of trying to access that particular branch. But yeah. um, I love the idea of going going through those, going back. So um, we're both just gesticulating wildly at different times here, but my hand's <laughs> raising. But going back and breaking those habits, that sounds like a super cool approach. Oh, oh yeah, wow. yeah. It's it's very helpful because it's amazing how much we picked up and how much came into our DNA yeah. that that really started as a habit or a fear or whatever. But you know, four generations down is so much a part of us. We don't know that it really started only four generations up. You know, yeah. so oh, yeah, try it sometime. You'll like it. <laughs> I would love that. 
Yeah, you'll like it. The other thing I find, too, is <clears throat> how do you feel when you have to tell somebody that, um, yeah, they lied about that? <laughs> Those are, hard, those are hard conversations. Yeah, well, you know, that wasn't really true. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, and that's yeah. like, those are the hard things where it's like, you know, it's the energy in the room will change. And, you know, it's, you do, sometimes there's even those questions of like, do you really, are you, are you sure you're ready? You want to hear what I'm going to say? Because it might, you know, and I always say I, it, I could be wrong, but I'm going to tell you what I'm getting and this might be hard to hear. And that's mm -hmm. just where having that emotional intelligence coming in and also communicating honestly with people and also giving people the opportunity to say no, because sometimes there are folks where when you're into it, it's like, do you want to hear every little bit of this? And sometimes right. they might right. say, I don't know if I'm ready and that's okay too. But um, yeah, those are, and I feel like that's so common, especially with um, a lot of people are having a big aha moments when they start going doing their like ancestry DNA right, tests, right. like that, finding yeah. out like grandpa wasn't actually grandpa, or there's this whole other branch <laughs> of the family we didn't yeah. know about, or there was like some, you know, uh, there's a lot of different variations, and so. Mm -hmm. um, there's definitely a lot of spirits that I feel like are having to come back and having having these reckonings that they never thought they were going to have to have. And right, thank right. you, genealogy and technology. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they seem to want people to know. Oh, you've, yeah, you've exactly. got relatives out there that you didn't know about. Oh, you know, yeah. You've got, yeah. yeah. And, then, and sometimes I think it's just an unburdening of this all. Yeah. Freeing you know. up and, and clearing up that unfinished business. Because, yeah, that's a big part of it, too, it seems. I mean, it's the best mm -hmm. of our knowledge. So and tricky. sometimes I assume if they don't want to hear it, they won't hear it. I might say it, but they won't hear it. Yeah, <laughs> that's definitely. You know yeah. how we all have that denial. <laughs> oh, oh, yes. Oh, yes. I know. I mm -hmm. know. Thank God for that. <laughs> you know, sometimes compartmentalization and denial is just one of the ways that our right. brains can yeah. we protect ourselves. <laughs> yeah, I also say to them, you know, I can be 98%, you know, accurate. That means that 2% is not. And totally. you've got to figure out where that 2% is. So you have to body check what I'm telling you. That's yeah. you're under obligation for that. You can't just take anything I say as gospel. You yeah. have to sit with it. Yeah, you have yeah. to sit with it. So um so you started to get you kind of went sideways and got into mediumship I you did. know by, yeah by um how did you but you do go into haunted places do you go into haunted places and clean out right I do a little bit of clearing when I'm asked um I've started to be a little bit more um I've gotten a bit more clear with folks who ask me for that kind of help because for me, it's about going in and having a conversation first. I, I've had to get a lot more clear with people seeking me out for that type of thing, that when you start engaging with something that is in a home or a business, mm -hmm. you have to expect that it will engage back. So like, you know, any kind of engagement will often escalate. And a lot of times I find that something that may be uncomfortable for someone, and I, I do, I want to make sure that I, I state very clearly, you always have the right to be comfortable in your own home. Uh, and right. it's, your home. Yeah. it's your home. And sometimes what feels threatening, like I'm thinking of uh, a situation, there's been a couple of these 
variations on this where maybe there's a spirit that I feel like I will smell this perfume or smoke or coffee that's in my child's room when they're sleeping at night and I don't like it. And it's like, and it's threatening and I want it out. And it's also like by starting out really forcefully, sometimes it can escalate the situation unnecessarily. But if you take a minute and it's like, wait a minute, there's someone who is here because this used to be their home or they lived on a farm and this house was, you know, this was old property back then. And they love children and they go in and they check to make sure your child is sleeping okay and then they leave. Now we can tell them that's really upsetting mama. You know, you got you can't mm-hmm. upset upset, you know, mama and dad or grandma or whoever. Um, so you gotta stop that. And at the same time, there's a way to have that conversation and more of a let's sit down and have a cup of tea and discuss this and set boundaries versus going in of I will clear this house and I'm gonna come in very forceful and scary. And sometimes it just blows things out of freaking proportion. And right. um so I so yes, I will go in. Most of the time though, what I've evolved into doing is giving people the tools so they can do this themselves because it's their house and taking that mm-hmm. power back. Um, and it's just been so delightful that since I've started making some of those switches of like giving people tools to handle this themselves. And sometimes it's as simple as like saying out loud, you need to stop this. I don't like this. And suddenly that just takes care of it. <laughs> And sometimes just taking the ownership and saying, wait a minute, this is my house, you know. Yes. The other thing I always have to ask, do you want them to stay? Because some of them they want, you know, do you want this spirit here? You know, we can get rid of spirits, but do you want this one? Yeah. Do you maybe want to get to know who they are first? Now, there are always things where if it is like causing harm or like burners are turning on and off or people are getting personality changes or there's like, you know, there are things that it's just. Well, that's a whole different thing. Yeah. So it's, it's very individualized and and Mm -hmm. which I know, I know, you know, and I'm sure many of your Mm -hmm. listeners know too. The other thing I watch too is kids up until about four, four to five, they Mm -hmm. can see both sides. So they're often in communication with the spirits and, you know, you don't necessarily want to clean out the spirit the child's been talking to because that basically is their friend. (laughs) And as long as it's normally benign, you know, Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. You have a thing in your book about what happens when we die. I'm jumping. I know I'm jumping around. I love jumping. I love it. (laughs) Good. You want to talk about that a little bit? Well, you know, here's the, the, I guess the good, bad and the ugly about it is that we will all know eventually, but I feel like you can't start engaging with, you know, mediumship or spirit communication because most of the time what we're going to engage with is usually some of the spirits we're going to talk to at least a little bit are going to be spirits of the dead. And I feel like as you're starting to unpack, like you kind of, I don't know, maybe this is just me, but I feel like it is helpful to go on that thought experiment that if I believe that if I believe in ghosts, there's also that feeling of like, where do we go when we die? What happens? And, you know, for me, what I have observed just working through clients, and I could be totally wrong. And I guess that's the beauty in the, of all of this is that we'll all find out eventually, but we don't really know right now is it seems like we do kind of have that interim right after we pass where we have the opportunity to kind of check in on those that we love 
Um, you know, I feel like a lot of us have had that, even if you're not sensitive, but we've all had that off, you know, that experience of like somebody coming to us in our dreams or feeling that puff of like cologne or the smell of somebody and just, or the song or the the sign. And we just know that that's like somebody coming in to say goodbye. And mm-hmm. so it feels like that's something that's pretty common. Um, you know, I think there are people that choose to not move on from that, maybe because they're scared of what's going to come. If they were crappy people, maybe they're scared about the accountability that, because I feel like we do have to have some kind of a reckoning for our behavior, both the ways that we impacted people in a, in a good way and also the not great ways that we all impact others. And then it seems like we have the opportunity to go elsewhere. And it's been my, and I'm sure you've had the same experience where it seems like some people get rest. It seems like people jump right into learning or they go to work. You know, it seems like a lot of us have the opportunity to have jobs and we get to keep evolving. Mm-hmm. And you know, and that is, it's so, it just, the one thing that I can say with a lot of confidence is that I do not think it is lights out when we die. Right, right. <laughs> That's the only yeah, thing I feel yeah. like I can say with surety. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, you know, I want to put something in here though, for the people who have lost somebody close yeah. to them and, and you know, that the depth of that grief, oh, yes. you know, and then um, where you're talking about the perfume or the yeah. signs or things like that. And, and somebody who has just lost somebody very close to him, um, there is, you're surrounded by a dense energy of grief. You're surrounded by grief. And sometimes, and the reason I'm saying this is so they don't feel left out. Yeah. Um, sometimes the the spirit can't get through the grief. Yeah, you know. So listen to other people and weird people, like you know the the mm-hmm. checker at the grocery store you go to will suddenly say, "Well, oh, I had a I had a dream about your husband last night, and he looks great. He's doing great." Well, that is from your husband. They know that they can get through the checker and the checker will say something to you. It's not that you're being ignored. He's having trouble getting through that level of grief and he will, the grief will dissipate a little bit and he'll be able to get through. But in the meantime, those messages will come from other people, from weird people. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Barb, I just love that you said that so much because it is so true. And there's no, there are certain griefs that are so deep that that we have to survive it. And you are so, and it's, and it feels so painful when they're like, why isn't, why am I not having the dreams? Why Why am I not not talking to me? Yeah. And I'm so desperately to talk to them and they're not talking to me and they're talking to the grocery. We hardly even know. (laughs) Yeah. That is for you. They know that that they can get through and they'll tell you. So just listen and know that they will get through to you when when some of this eases but you can't do anything about it just just listen and wait so i always want to put that out because people get so upset absolutely that's so beautiful um so and some of the now you have in your book you have a you kind of addressed hell (laughs) you want to address that on the radio because that's Um, you know a lot of people are afraid of that a lot of people don't believe in it 
And, you know, and I'm kind of in a weird place because I, I was baptized Episcopalian, but I was never forced to go to church. I remember falling asleep when I was maybe in church when I was like probably six or seven and I fell off a pew. And I remember telling my granny that I just, oh, my granny, I was like, you know, I don't really like it. And I was and they were like, okay. And so I would sometimes go with my mom for Easter and stuff, just, you know, as a way to help make her feel happy because she feels very, um, that helps her to feel really good and connected. So I never really like grew up with kind of a preconceived notion of what hell was. And so that gave me the opportunity to kind of get my own sense of what happens. Um, yeah. You know, it's one of those things where I haven't I do think that there are things that are evil. And I do think that there are beings that would, you know, malevolent spirits that have never been human, which technically would meet the definition of demon. And at the same time, I don't feel like I have seen something that is would fit like I guess the classic description of what hell is but it does seem like I mean again it's that being held accountable for the ways that we affected others and if you are a really horrible person and you I mean and I mean like you committed harm and you knew it and you did it over and over again and you you, you know were I was I spent 20 years as an advocate for victims and survivors of crime I've spent that was my career kind of parallel doing this work and so I've I've seen some of the darkest things that humans can do to one another and I do think that those people who do those types of actions, you will have to be held accountable for that. And I think for some people, that process might fit the bill of what hell is. Um, and I think the people who run from that and choose to stay in limbo, and I think that's where some of our negative hauntings come from, people who are, you know, those nasty, low-level trickster spirits that just want right, to right. perpetrate the chaos harm. spirits. Yeah. yeah, the chaos and all and the darkness and the ugh. I feel like they they have their own individualized kind of hell. Um, mm-hmm. but that's just my perspective. And, you know, again, I, I hope I'm leaving a good enough life that I won't, I'm not going to have to right. look at right. close and personal, but that's been my, that's my hot take on it at this point in time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You talk too about, uh, deities yeah. um, and higher beings. Let's go to the higher. <laughs> yeah. And I have to say, we only have about two minutes. Let me leave it to you. What do you want to talk about? But then um, you, we've got a couple of minutes and mm-hmm. then I'm going to have you come in and say where everybody can get hold of you and everything you else. Bet. But rather than me say, oh, let's talk about this. What would you like to talk about on the show that you'd like to really share? You know, I think one thing that would be a wonderful note to end on is talking about higher beings, because I feel oh, good. like it, it's one it of the feels good, that, right? <laughs> it, feels, it feels good. And, you know, I know a lot of folks and I for whatever reason, a lot of the folks that are gravi- that gravitate towards finding me as a teacher, they often have experienced harm and like the, the religions that they were uh, they were raised in. And, mm-hmm. you know, they have a really complicated idea with the, you know, the idea that there is like a higher being and a higher consciousness or many. And it's been, I I always like to just propose to them for their own consideration. You know, if you take the divine out of divination, you know, you're left with something hollow and it is sometimes you do need to connect with something that's bigger than yourself and bigger than collective consciousness. And, you know, I'm a believer that there probably is like a universal creator, you know, creator energy. And there's also a lot of like gods and angels and highest spiritual guides. And there's a whole realm of beautiful energy that we can we can work with allies and partners who can help us to lead better, better lives and to help us as we are just you know, because I have to believe that we're here on this earth for a reason. And I have mm-hmm. to believe that we aren't here 
totally alone, that we do have supports and that by learning to kind of like develop your own authentic connection with these divine beings, gods, God, whatever you want to call it or whatever you tap into. Whatever works. Whatever works for you. It really can help you to feel more connected and just to lead a better life has been my experience. So that's what I'd love to end with. (laughs) I have to ask you too, how do you know that you're dealing with a higher spirit versus a lower spirit that's appearing as a higher spirit? So some of it is just the vibration in my body mm-hmm. and also paying close attention. You know, for me, you know, I know that we're all kind of, we all, we're all a little different, but for me, I'm a pretty clear seer. That clairvoyance is, is one of my stronger senses. Mm-hmm. And so being able to do a full 360, like look around to see, are you who you say you are or are you wearing a mask? And some, right. even the ones I've been, I mean, I've definitely had some tricksters who tried to like get in my head, but there's always a tell. There's always something that gives it away. And so, um, but for me, it requires a clear mind and, you know, and grounding. Like there's a lot of prep work that goes into, I don't just jump right in. Um, Although some spirits have been working with for so long, it's the the process of connecting is a little quicker, which I'm sure, you know, and, um, but yeah, you do have to always be careful with this work because we, that's the tricky part is we can never be 100% sure who or what we're dealing with. But our mm-hmm. bodies and the signs that we get through our bodies, if we learn to listen to ourselves really well, they usually are like a really good compass and barometer, has been my experience. Mm-hmm. Good. Okay. Now, where can everybody get hold of you and what do you have coming up? And Oh, goodness. So my the best way to keep in touch with me is through my website, which is sterlingmoontarot.com. Sign up for my email list. And it's S-T-E-R-L-I-N-G. Because I, I was looking you up and I had an I in there. So oh, just yeah, it's sterling sure like everybody knows. Yeah. Well, and here's the here's the way to remember. It's sterling like silver. My parents were silversmiths. So it's like sterling oh, okay. silver. <laughs> so sterling okay. moon tarot.com and um, all of my social media uh, handles are are there on my website and I have some fun classes coming up I'm teaching a class on seances it's going to be at uh, ritual craft on Tuesday April 11th I have a three-month this program. is 2023 by the way 2023, we're right yes. there for that's forever. true. This is the yeah. the internet just yeah. forever. You know what? Just yeah. go to my, because no matter, I don't know where, who, when you're listening to this, dear listener, so just go to my website and you'll see everything that I have coming up. Good. And not to forget your book. Yeah. Give the name of your book and where they can get your book. And, and you go into helping people develop some of their skills as well. You have a lot of good exercises in your book. Thank you. I mean, I tried to write the book that I wish I had had when I was first starting mm-hmm. to figure all this out. And so my book is called Talking to Spirits, A Modern Medium's Practical Advice for Spirit Communication. You can find that directly through Llewellyn's website. The Llewellyn is my my publisher. You can find it at Ritual Craft. So it's ritual, but then C-R-A-V-T dot com or all of the other, you know, hopefully you can find it at your local metaphysical shop and support our local, our local community. You on Amazon? And of course I'm on Amazon. <laughs> I thought put that in too, you know. Yeah, of course well I'm as, on Amazon, but yeah, always we want to support our local, but you also yeah. on Amazon. Great. Yeah. And that is out and available right now. It is out and available um, both in hard copy and on Kindle. 
And congratulations for that. Thank you so much, Barb. <laughs> great. Thank you so much for being on the show. It's been wonderful. I've had a great conversation. I hope you enjoyed it as well. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for joining us for Metaphysics, A View Through the Veil. Please tune in for another edition with your host, Barb Crowley, next Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Enjoy your upcoming weekend.